0: Howdy, and welcome to the Feed Bandit Podcast, where we talk all things hunting and introduce you to the most innovative hunting gear and services. Here are your hosts, Jimmy Byrne and Richard Kinchlow. Hey, folks, have you ever wished that there was an easier way to find the hunting feeds, supplies, and services you need when and where you need them? If so, check out our hunter search at feedbandit.com, where you can see what hunting suppliers are in your area or are on the way to your land. Don't waste any more precious time searching Google or calling around for feed blinds, feeders, or even outfitters. Just use our targeted search for hunters. The Feed Bandit Hunter Search over at FeedBandit.com will find your feed. Well, howdy there, folks!
1: Corn Bandit, coming back at you with a uh,
0: another solo
1: podcast today. It's be my first one doing by myself. Uh, since uh, I was in the mountains of Colorado. So uh, unfortunately, our our good buddy, uh, Jimmy, could not join us. He was um, attending a garden club meeting, so he felt that attending a garden club meeting would be more important than talking about hunting. So uh, obviously that's not true, but it would be really funny if it was. Anyway, so yeah, so here we are. Here we are. We are about to... Uh, embark on the um, uh, the journey that is the Texas rifle season. Uh, so this is approximately a week before the opening weekend of deer season with uh, with rifles. Of course, a lot of Texans have already been out there with their uh, with their archery tackle. I've seen quite a few really really nice looking deer that they've been taken uh, that have been taken so far rather. But uh, uh, now is the time where if those deer just aren't coming in within you know thirty or twenty yards, that you can. Uh, you can pop them with a rifle. So, uh, again, uh, some of the, our listeners that are from other states, maybe your rifle season or muzzle loader or shotgun or, you know, whatever, cannon, whatever, whatever it may have already started. But here in Texas, uh, the first weekend of November is the official opening of our Texas rifle season. So, uh, very, very excited. Uh, just like the opening of Dove season, you know, it really is one of the more, um, you know, cherished days, if you will, of of all texas hunters so uh time to uh to get out there and the early in the morning and uh, in the evening and enjoy a campfire and <clears throat> lots of camaraderie and uh it's just uh it's just a great time of year uh, needless to say so uh since i'm running the show by myself today i thought uh was trying to think about something to talk about and i i kind of thought that well you know what let's talk about Let's talk about some of the things that, you know, just in getting prepared for, you know, for opening weekend of, uh, of rifle season. Now, of course, some of these some of these you, you already should have been doing. Right. But uh, uh, if you haven't done it uh, or if you've got you know the ability to, to hunt uh, uh, Saturday, Sunday and Monday, you know, maybe you can spend Saturday doing and whatnot. So uh, anyways, wanted to uh, go through just a couple of these. Uh, some of these are safety tips others are just kind of you know in general hey do this don't forget to do that so on and so forth so I've got a little list here that we will run down Uh, God first and foremost talking about safety you know make sure that when you are climbing into your blind you know whether it's a traditional tower stand uh, or it's up in a tree man make sure you're safe okay I know a lot of people are like well of course yeah of course I'm going to be safe but um, I just heard about a story <clears throat> a couple weeks ago with a fella who was walking to his deer stand. Uh, I believe it was another state. And um, it was in the dark. I don't think he was using a flashlight, just using the moonlight, I, I think. And uh, he tripped and fell. And uh, sure enough, him hit his head in the rock and died. Uh, just a just a horrible, horrible story. And uh, so you never know. I mean, obviously you want to keep the trail your deer blind uh, nice and uh, you don't want to make it too big, right? You don't want to disturb things too much, but uh, make it clear, bring a flashlight when you're in the morning or in the evening. You know, I don't care how bright that moonlight is, uh, bring a flashlight. And I know a lot of y'all rely on your phone, and I do too, for a flashlight, but always having a good flashlight is, is important for not only finding your way to and from, but uh, also uh, you know, if you actually shoot a deer and you have to you track it. So uh, that's, I think that's kind of my first little, little point. Uh, another, another horrific story, but uh, it, it, it certainly happened. Uh, be careful. You know, if you have not, if you haven't been to your, your lease or your ranch and you don't know what's up in your tower stands. Uh, obviously, this is something you you should have done about a month ago, right? Cleaning them out. If you got in the open windows, things of that nature, uh, just be real real careful when you open up those uh, open those blinds we had a a good friend of mine uh, who was on a lease near Lubbock and um, uh, just a horrible story unfortunately in in the uh, uh, November of 2008 he um, uh, one of his lease mates was uh, climbing up on a tripod and uh, unfortunately ran into a a, a really big uh, yellow jacket nest. And of course, you know, the, the guy climbing up in the, the tripod panicked and uh, he he fell. And unfortunately he happened to uh, impale himself on a T-post. So just a absolute horrific hunting accident and one that uh, probably couldn't have been prevented. Right. But uh, you just got to be really careful. And that, that kind of brings me to another point. You know, a lot of, a lot of Texas hunters do use t-posts to secure <clears throat> tripods and blinds and things of that nature because of the cattle, right? Well, you know, because of that, every time I've done the Rancho Bandito because of this horrible incident we heard about, we always try to sink our um, our t-posts in at an angle so that if God forbid you were to fall, uh, it wouldn't um, you, know, you wouldn't you wouldn't uh, impale yourself really. Uh also I think at all the, the major hardware stores, uh, they sell those orange caps that you can put on there. I think they, they have them for rebar, but I'm pretty sure they got them for fence posts as well. So again, just, just something to consider. I hate to hate to start off the podcast here with uh, with something so uh so, so horrific, but I, I definitely think it's something that you, you gotta think about and you know and consider. Uh you know, also you know, I grew up in the age of the I call them the big South Texas uh tower stands, you know, that were like fifteen foot and uh you know it was basically a box with a ladder that went straight up. And uh it was a little scary, you know, especially when you got the dew that freezes on those on those steel stairs. It was it was kinda hairy, you know, getting up in there. Uh so one thing that I always did with me is I always brought a rope with me that was about twenty foot long. And you know, I'm not saying this thing's gotta be some gigantic rope that you repel with, right? But Something that you can secure your weapon with, and <clears throat> get up there in the blind. Make sure that you're okay and taken care of, and then uh, then pull your weapon up. Okay, um, that it's just it's a real simple stuff, but you know it's going to potentially let, uh, potentially save your life, and then obviously your rifle too. You don't want your rifle slipping off your shoulder. It bumps that scope. You're uh, you could be in trouble. So uh, bring a piece of rope with you.
0: Uh, binoculars,
1: man, oh man, oh man. Next to your rifle. Uh, I think binoculars are probably one of the most important pieces of equipment you can have. You know, first and foremost, again, you know, we always talk about the feeders and, you know, how awesome it is in the state of Texas, how we can uh, sit there and, and look at deer and study deer, right, to, to find the correct one to shoot, whether it be a, whether it be a doe or a, a management buck or a coal buck or having the trophy buck, okay? So having a good set of binoculars is absolutely crucial. You know, more importantly, <clears throat> you don't want to put your gun out that window, right? Because you know, obviously, an accidental discharge uh, is going to ruin your your hunting trip or your that 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 hunt, and it's also going to scare the living crap out of you. So, uh, always make sure you've got your binoculars. Uh, something that should have been done over a month, a couple of months ago, is uh, make sure your gun's on sight. Sight in, okay? You know, a lot of folks just assume, well, you know, hey, I uh, my gun was working great in January, and you know when I shot it again in March, and it was it was working just fine, and that may be the case. You know, of course, unless you drop a gun or it, it experiences some sort of trauma. I mean, there's really no reason for that scope to be off. But one of the biggest mistakes people make is, uh, you know, is first of all making sure their gun's not zeroed in, but also making sure that that they can handle it, okay, and and make it, and by handle it, I mean Getting used to that recoil again. I don't care if you've been shooting your whole life. That first time you shoot a gun, okay, that first time you shoot a gun, it's been six months, something of that nature, you are going to flinch. You are going to jump. Uh, so, you know, heaven forbid you don't want to jump when you're shooting an animal because you're going to wound that thing. So, again, if you've got time, get out there, put a couple of bullets down range. It'll be good for you, uh, for your confidence. And remember, we owe it to that animal to uh, to to fire your weapon and put that animal down uh, quickly and as humanely as possible. Uh, in regards to uh, shooting, uh, I think one of the biggest biggest mistakes people make when they are, are 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 hunting with a rifle is is not squeezing the trigger. Okay, and that's something that is very difficult, especially for the kiddos too, right? Because they're anticipating that that kick and that bang you know so make sure you really work on squeezing that trigger uh, i sound like i'm talking to my daughter here but you know squeezing that trigger let the gun surprise you so uh you know get your breathing under control and uh, and again squeeze that squeeze that trigger and that bullet should go right where you uh were aiming um tag your animal okay i think a lot of people get Get really excited, you know. They shot this deer, and they shot that deer, and they they get all nimbly bimbly and you know they're they're celebrating. And all of a sudden, they they get back to camp, and guess who's there? Johnny Law. Okay, and then and then you get in trouble. So make sure that you tag your deer, um, you know, the second you put it down. Uh, another little uh, little factoid that you need to know, especially in Texas, is that on the back of your license, you've got a harvest log and you need to make sure that you fill that out. It is a part of the whole um, tagging process. Now, if you're under Managed Land Deer Permits, MLDP, uh, like Rancho Bandito, you don't have to fill out that tag log. But basically, if you take a deer tag from your license and put it on an animal, you've got to fill out that harvest log. And I read something, I guess it was about a week ago, <laughs> Uh, that was saying from the Texas Game Wardens saying that that was one of the most uh, that was the most common ticket that they issued and have so since that, that this law came into fruition which I think has been a couple of years now so uh, make sure you tag your game carry some zip ties in the pin with you oh and make sure that pin works okay uh, I've had it, I, <laughs> I've had it a couple of times where I almost had to I almost had to cut my finger and use my blood to fill out Uh, one of my turkey tags. So, you know, swap out that pen every couple of years. Seems silly, but, uh, again, you don't want to get stuck out there. All right. Uh, Daylight savings time. Uh, You know, every single year at Rancho Bandito, you know, we set the feeders up so that we can hunt in in October. Again, we're under MLDP, so we can hunt in October. Uh, But then daylight savings time comes, and we just can't remember, okay, do we do we you know what do we do with our feeders do we do anything so if you need to make adjustments to your feeders make sure you do it uh make sure you do it really this weekend because daylight saving time comes into effect on sunday so you don't want to show up the following weeks and have that feeder going off late or early or see i i, I can't even remember what it is now so uh just make sure you uh, you get that taken care of as far as processing the deer is concerned Uh, you know, with, with the, with the coming of age of the, the ice chest with the big yetis and the the bisons and all that kind of stuff, really got an awesome, awesome, awesome way of holding a lot of ice and holding a lot of meat. So something that we do at Rancho Bandito, um, is we've got dedicated meat coolers and they are the bison coolers. Um, and they're just phenomenal for filling up with ice. And putting your deer parts in there and the tags and all that kind of fun stuff. And that way it keeps your meat nice and fresh. Okay. Obviously put it in the shade, right? Because you don't want any uh, you don't want that ice to melt and I don't care what cooler you got. Uh, but you'll keeping that meat nice and iced is 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 really the proper way to treat it. Uh you know, if you've got a, a scenario where it's cold enough and you can leave that deer hanging, you know, by all means do that. Uh a quick Quick little side story for you here. When I was uh, hunting in Throckmorton, we would um, we'd hang our deer from a swing set. And I remember one one weekend, it was a really, really cold weekend, and somebody had shot a doe early on. And so that doe had been sitting up there since, I would say, yeah, call it called a Thursday, right? So we came back Friday evening. From the hunt, and somebody else had harvested an animal, and we were hanging it up. And that's when we looked at the carcass of this doe that had been shot. And again, it was cold enough. In fact, it was below freezing, even during the day. So we could we could leave the meat hanging. But the carcass uh, had just been kind of been torn up. And, and you could tell that something had gotten on the carcass, either that night or when we, maybe we just had noticed it during the day, and started to chew on the hams of this doe. Uh, but it wasn't a whole lot. So we said, okay, you know, that's, it is what it is. We'll just, you know, we got to watch it. You know, there's no, no, nowhere else we could put it. We didn't have game cameras back then. So uh, fast forward to that Saturday, we had a, um, one of the lease members come back a little bit early and uh, come back early from the evening hunt. And uh, sure enough, they turned the road and uh, there was a big old bobcat on top of the, on top of the deer carcass and they were driving a jeep willis at the time and so they shut that jeep willis off and then with that 308 um the 308 put that bobcat down uh that was on top of that doe carcass but it was it was just a, a really 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 kind of cool story and, and honestly that's it's kind of the risk you take i'm actually pretty sure that uh, or I'm, I'm actually surprised i have not heard of that happening more often but uh that was, that was a really, really cool weekend, and a, you know a pretty cool experience, and obviously a, uh, a memorable uh, a memorable time. So uh, going back to just hanging deer up, uh, as far as transporting deer, you know, a lot of folks are this day and age are quartering their deer, you know, like I say, putting them in the coolers is a great way of transporting them. It you know, keeps the meat fresh, nice and easy, but there are still folks that, that, that'll shoot them and leave them whole and uh, and that's great that that's fine too, but you know do the do the sport do the sport of hunting a a big favor if you can, and you know don't just have a hoof sticking out of the back of your pickup or you know don't put the thing to the top of the suburban okay and admittedly that's what we did back in the eighties, right but this world's gotten so butt hurt over everything with you know animal rights and politics and all that b s it drives me absolutely nuts. Uh, we don't need any more pressure from all these anti-idiots. So, if you've got a deer, all right, and you're driving a Suburban, get a hitchhaw, okay? They can't be more than about 150 bucks. And if you're living the outdoor lifestyle, you'll definitely get use out of this thing. Get a hitchhaw, get a big blue tarp, and a lot of bungee cords. Um, you know, with that deer, you can actually saw off the, the arms and the legs, okay, but not get to the meat, so just kind of where the shanks are, right? And then put that thing on the cooler, or excuse me, on the hitchhall, wrap it up in that blue tarp, and nobody will ever know. Uh, that's what my father and I started doing when we were coming back from Throckmorton and Albany. And it was great. Uh, we would just stick ice in there in the cavity, and uh, it would ride all the way back to the processor from Throckmorton to Dallas with no problems. So, um, that's just uh, another little tip for you. Uh I see a lot of people doing that, which which obviously is really good. But um, anyway, so that is my list of little tips and advice and tricks. Um, I think, you we know, actually I got one more. I got one more. And that is, obviously, get the children involved. Okay. Uh, back when I was growing up, opening day deer season was kind of a, uh, was a dad's only, right? So the, uh, <laughs> the dad's would go out their opening weekend. I get it. I totally get it. And uh, in fact, I when whenever I get, you know, to where, where we can do that, I'm gonna be doing that, right? But uh but also just don't remember, don't forget to bring the kiddos with you. It's so important. You know, in this day and age, these kids are so preoccupied with with everything they got going on. Piano school, you know, ballet, whatever it may be. You know, even if you call the guys weekend, but you know your your buddies Your buddy's son, you know, is playing football and he can only get, it. you know what, cancel the guys weekend. Get those kids out there. It is just so important to the future of our sport. So, uh, anyways, with that being said, um, happy opening day of the Texas Rifle season, everybody. We hope you have a great one. Oh, and Jimmy does send his best. He uh, he texted me. So, uh, Jimmy says, hello. You all remember your safeties and uh, your safety tips, that is, and. Yeah, send so us some pictures. We'd love to see pictures from you guys, uh, see what how you've been doing out there in the field. So uh, with that being said, always support your local feed store. If you forget something, no problem. Go to your local feed store. They're going to have everything they need for you. So anyways, adios, my friends. Talk to
0: you next time. Thanks for listening to the Feed Bandit Podcast. Just a reminder to text the word BANDIT to 345-345- And when you do, you'll join our email list where we'll send killer deals on innovative hunting products and services, along with entertaining tips and tricks, straight to your inbox. You don't want to miss out. So again, text the word Bandit to 345-345 and we look forward to seeing you on the hunt. Until next time, have a good one and remember to support your local feed store.